and welcome to another episode of Rock and Ramble Podcast. As always, you're here with your host, Andrea. And Victoria. And we are talking about Daryl Hall and John Oates today. Yes, that's important. Yes. <laughs> that's important. Daryl Hall and John Oates are the epitome of rock and soul music. They were formed in 1970, and they had a kind of slow start, but soon they became one of the most dynamic musical duos in the history of rock. And you'll kind of hear that based on, like, the different hits that they had. A lot mm-hmm. of them have just, like, different sounds, and you can kind of hear that through them, through those hits. Um, throughout their career, they've had six number one hits, 16 top ten hits, and 34 singles on the Billboard Hot 100. So let's go ahead and talk about who they are. (laughs) Daryl Hall was born in 1946 in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. So he is about 40 miles northwest of Philadelphia. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a child, he was a massive fan of like Motown and rhythm and blues, R&B music. And he would go to like this... um, place called chicken hill which was like where the soul music was and that's where he was like his roots come from soul music he was mentored by kenny gamble and leon huff and tommy bell which we'll talk about them a little bit later but those were like his mentors and he looked up to them and um he also looked up to the temptations he like idolized the temptations yes Yes. Love that. And mind you, he's this like blonde haired, I think he has blue eyes. Yeah. Like white guy. And he's like out there just like jamming to these R&B soul music. And he's, he's even to the point that he had his own group. It was like an acapella group ish. And they were called Mm -hmm. the Temp Tones. Which was yeah. a shout out to the Temptations. Yeah, I think yeah. that's so cool. Um, I, I was just giggling for a second because in my notes I wrote Darley Hall. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so it's hard for me to focus after that. Darley um, Hall. <laughs> but real quick before we forget, he mm-hmm. is not originally Daryl Hall. It's right. His last name was spelled H O H L. So mm-hmm. Hall definitely had a little bit of a smoother easier ringtone than Daryl. Yeah, Hall. he changed it to H A L L. And it yeah. probably was still pronounced Hall. H O H L, but nobody would know you that. You see the room for error there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, he moved to Philadelphia and attended Temple University, and that's important, so remember that. <laughs> we'll circle around to that. Um, and he Saying with the stylistics and the delphonics. Mm-hmm. And yes, he... the stylistics are on my list of like, that would be such a cool band to cover because I, the stylistics are so good. So, mm-hmm. so good. They're the ones who sing, I mean, they're, it's definitely older sound, but they're like, Betcha by golly. I'm not good. Okay, we can just, Betcha by golly, wow. And you make <laughs> me feel brand new and all those. So, uh, yeah. Um, but I really enjoy the stylistics and the temptations. Um, yes. Delphonics. I'm trying to think. Do you remember what they sing? I don't. Let me see. It's hard it to remember because, again, this is like oh! a genre that they all kind of like sang similar yeah. music and like They're took the from one another. Do, la, 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 la means I love you. I'm not going to sing oh. it because it's like super high for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But la, la, la. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, So Daryl Hall, he did get to hang around the Temptations when they were in town. And he used to carry their clothes around and get them coffee. And they were just like gods to him. They really, he said, end quote, they were like gods to me, and they were really great people. I used to sing harmonies with them, which was like being dead and going to heaven, which I can't <laughs> even imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also just not only are they your idols, but to have the talent to be able to do that with the tempta- and harmonize with the temptations. Right. Like, really cool. Like, you that. meet your idols, cool. you get to hang out with them, and yeah, you kind of have to do their bitch work, but <laughs> you get to <laughs> sing with them, and it's all yeah. worth it. And it made a huge impact in his career, which we'll see later on, too. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is Daryl Hall. Now, the other half of Hall and Oates is Mm -hmm. John Oates. Yeah, so he was born in New York City, not in Pennsylvania. Um, In 1948, he's about two years younger. He's... (laughs) mainly known for his guitar playing, but he did write co he did co-write most of their biggest songs and he does sing on a lot of them, but his voice is not as easily familiar as a hall or recognizable as a Hall and Oates song. Mm-hmm. Um and I know he realized that the radio play especially tended to favor Daryl singing. So when he would write a song he knew like probably Daryl was gonna have to sing it if they wanted it to be a hit. I know they most artists probably are not aiming only for hits. Because mm-hmm. um, my, my deep cut I chose is by John Oates singing. He, he wrote it and sang it. But, um, yeah, the radio ones, Daryl Hall definitely had the voice for those yeah. hits. Like, that, he, he could do anything with his voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then he said, so John Oates said, that one of the keys to a successful partnership is knowing some, when something could be good versus great and knowing when to set your ego aside, which we have seen. Yes, many of these. Some people uh, have not been able to do that. (laughs) Yeah, and to their detriment because then the band falls apart or, you know, have to get replaced and it just turns into something else when it could have been great if they could have just kept that momentum and that working chemistry. So definitely Ego's uh, part of that and he seemed to know and acknowledge that and, I mean, they're still on great terms now, which, I mean, we'll get there later, but... Um, they've always seen themselves as two individuals that work together and they don't like stop each other or get jealous when one goes off to like do solo work here or do something else there. And I think that's really cool. And yeah, I guess I, I knew Hall and Oates was two people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never, until like we watched or I watched the behind the music and some other like interview stuff where they're like, we are Daryl Hall and John Oates. Like, yes. They are not Hall and Oates, and they do not want to just be known as that, which I guess is like, I'm, I guess it makes sense, but they don't want to be just one entity. They want to be seen as two separate people who make music Collaborate. together also. Exactly. Yes. So that's Yeah, important. that's always been their thing, and they kept that and maintained that same stance their whole career. Yeah. Uh, so, but even then, I've seen so many so many shirts. Maybe it's more fan made shirts or like mm-hmm. Etsy style or something, where it's just like that big Helvetica font of like Hall yeah. and Oats, and like doesn't say anything else. So I don't know. Maybe I'm used to seeing stuff like that, or just hear them referenced as Hall and Oats. And yeah, well, they even reference themselves as Hall and Oats, and that's why like they'll be talking and they'll be like, oh yeah, that was a Hall and Oats original original or something, you know, mm-hmm. and like in many of their their um interviews they both did that 
And mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, it's not, um, it's as, not the public's fault. Yeah. Like yeah. that they got confused or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about how they met and how they got together. So we already know that Daryl Hall was in a band called the Timptones. Well, John Oates was in his own band called the Masters. And in 1967, they were both um, at this. It was like a battle of the bands type thing, right? Like a mm-hmm. competition. Yeah, it was like a talent show or talent showcase or something like that. Yeah. In the area. And it was at the Adelphi Ballroom in West Philadelphia. But not born and raised. But I'm <laughs> sorry. I, to... <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So these groups are there, they're all singing and all that, and then the story goes that, like, there were these rival gangs that started shooting at each other, and so people had to literally, like, duck and cover, which is not funny, I don't know why I'm no. giggling about it, but there were rival gangs, they're shooting at each other, so there's bullets flying, um, Daryl Hall and John Oates just both happened to run and hide in the same service elevator, And they started talking while they're hiding and they realized that they were both there, you know, competing and they were in the bands and they realized that they both had strong roots to soul music and R&B and, you know, love of the same kind of music. And so that's really how they started hanging out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just kind of evolved from there it wasn't like an immediate like let's make a band it was like a relationship that evolved into them you know really it really blossomed after yeah yeah because they also both realized that they were students at temple university yeah Mm -hmm. and then they became yeah like you said like friends and then after a while i mean you're obviously not going to go become roommates as soon as you like meet someone (laughs) but then they become roommates and then After a while, even after that, they're like, what if we made music together? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Philadelphia ends up playing a pretty big part in their sound, too, because yes. Philadelphia is home to Dick Clark's American Bandstand, and soul music was extremely popular also for that city's radio stations. And we talked in mm-hmm. um, the Triumph episode how local DJs were super influent in like what that area is going to listen to and mm-hmm. what becomes popular and stuff. Um, influential, not influent. Um, and so that, yeah, so that area was just heavily into soul music. And so, and they were too, they were already fans. So right. that definitely is seen in their later songs and music that they work on together. Right. And, uh, Daryl didn't actually graduate. He left school about 12 weeks before graduation, which like. Mm-hmm couldn't just stick it out for another 12 weeks like you did that yeah. whole <laughs> at that point like yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah like you might as well but so he basically left like what that's like a semester and a half two semesters um no that's not two semesters it's like three months it's so one semester months, like, yeah like half a semester half to one semester yeah it doesn't matter so yeah. <laughs> All that to say, Daryl did not graduate. He left the school about 12 weeks before graduation. He eloped with his first wife in 1969, and then John later moved in, so they were roommates again. And Mm -hmm. the first time that they became roommates, um, I remember reading something about John Oates being, like, he went off to, like, kind of find himself in Europe 
and yeah. he was like traveling abroad and then when he came back he didn't have a place to stay so hall was like hey stay with me and that's kind of how they first became roommates hmm. yeah yeah so again um Daryl Hall worked with the likes of Kitty Gamble and Leon Huff and those guys, just like we were talking about earlier about the Philadelphia playing a big role, those guys were credited with developing the Philly sound, which is basically Philadelphia's soul music in the 1970s. So they played a huge role in mm-hmm. in kind of molding Daryl Hall and John Oates into what they were and they had the guys daryl and john they had a chance to work behind the scenes with gamble and huff as like producers and that sort of thing but they decided that they wanted to go out together and try to make a name for themselves and they're like you know we could have done great things with gamble and huff but we really wanted to see what we could do together and so that's what they did and obviously it worked out for them and it worked out for gamble and huff too because they were (laughs) Uh, they were very, very successful all around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and mm-hmm. no, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. Um, so pretty soon after, um, they are signed with Atlantic Records in 1972. And, um, Tommy Matola, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I feel like that's how I heard it. I think it was Matola. Matola. Um, he becomes their manager and he. Some people might recognize that name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also the guy who, like, kind of discovered Mariah Carey or is in so- sometimes credited with discovering her. And, and I didn't know this, he was her husband for five years, her first husband. Oh, wow. Which, I didn't know that um, either. Yeah. She, he was, I can't remember the age difference. He was quite a bit older. Mm-hmm. And I think he was, like, already married and stuff and then met her and was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, bomb. I was gonna say, young I Mariah Carey. I could see why. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. So even though they were signed super early with Atlantic, their first few albums with Atlantic were not really successful, mm-hmm. and they partly because they hadn't really found their groove yet. Like we've talked so much, they have like very um, heavily. They're very heavily influenced by soul music and stuff, right. but their first few albums had more of a folk sound, and it didn't very quite much so. match, yeah. you know, what I'm sure they had in their hearts to like make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Atlantic didn't really know how to market them because they were, their music style even, it's folk influence, but it wasn't even just strictly folk. It was just kind of everywhere, kind of a yeah, it was kind of all of over stuff. the place. Yeah, so they really didn't get anywhere success-wise, until they signed with RCA in 1975. And that's where the Hall & Oates probably most people will know and recognize begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my favorite part is the song meanings and, like, little histories behind the songs right. or albums. Um, so the first one I'm going to go with is She's Gone. Um, so I... I'm not going to sing it, but you know it. Okay. So this was released on their second album that they did have with Atlantic. And it had like a little bit of success, but nothing like, you know, huge. Right. And it was covered by two other artists, Lou Rawls and Tavares. And the second one went on to be number one on the R&B chart in 1974, but not Hall & Oates' version. Right. But it was re-released once they were signed with Atlantic in 1976. And the 
this song is inspired by John Oates being stood up on like a New Year's Eve date and Daryl Hall's divorce from his first wife. So they were both kind of like sad and lonely. Was that by and, Atlantic or RCA? Well, they re-released when they were with RCA, but they had originally written it when oh, they were with Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So got it. after the two other artists covered it and it got re-released um, by Atlantic. It got re-released. Yeah, it got okay. re-released and then it went. Yeah, I was a little confused about that when I saw it, but that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it was only it was written in only two hours, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just cool. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but when yeah. these two people have such good chemistry, like, working together. So mm-hmm. after John Oates played, like, a little riff on the guitar, um, they were like, oh, I got it. <laughs> and this song, which became one of their beginning mm-hmm. big successes, like, was born. So I thought that was really neat. Um, so their first album, what they signed with RC with RCA, this mm-hmm. was kind of in some ways like their breakthrough album because this is the one, even though they'd been signed before and had albums, this was the one that put them on the charts. Um, right. so this is their first album signed with them and it's known to many fans as the silver album. It's really just self-titled Daryl Hall and John Oates. But the cover, and a lot of people probably would recognize this, is it's silver or like a, a grayish. And they're like so, um, what, the exposure of it is, oh. yeah, and it's just almost like uh, monochromatic tones because yeah. it's like so overexposed. But yeah, very androgynous. Um, they have like And that was skin. on purpose. <laughs> yeah. No flaw. That was on purpose because yeah. the famous Pierre LaRoche, um, who was Mick Jagger's makeup artist, and he also did Rocky Horror Picture Show, which we both love, and yep. Ziggy Stardust by David Bowie. Yep. Um, and he was quoted to say, I will immortalize you. And Daryl Hall sure did. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he got that. He achieved that. What I thought was um, so funny about that is that there was an interview where Daryl Hall was like, man, I looked at that album and I saw myself and I was like, that looks like the girl that I've always wanted to go out with. i mean he is the more feminine looking of the two on the cover because it has like the big mustache but um yeah i thought that was so funny i was like okay so (laughs) yeah that you know that makes me think of like um i don't know how current it is maybe like a few months but like there's this filter is it on instagram that where it's like oh, if you don't like the boy version of yourself in the filter, then your, your standards are too high. <laughs> oh, yeah. So people look at it and they're like, oh, I'm pretty cute. Or like, you know, I would, I'm pretty handsome if I was I'd a guy. I'd go for that. That's what it makes me think. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that album has a few of their hits. Um, mm-hmm. But the one that's going to be kind of referenced later on a lot is Sarah Smile. Mm-hmm. So um, it's their first top 10 hit. It was in 1976 from that Silver album. And it was written about Hall's girlfriend at the time, Sarah Allen, who later goes on to become a huge yes. songwriting collaborator for some of their most popular songs yep. that I'm sure everybody knows is You Make My Dreams Come True, Private Eyes, I Can't Go For That, which I was like, hey, you just uh-huh. did, uh, and Maneater. And yep. so that when you hear that song, that woman he's singing to and about is the one who goes on to help them make these like massive massive songs so that's right cool. but they were never even married they were okay. together for a really long time like 28 29 years um never married though but just right. had a great you know working relationship too right exactly also, yeah 
Um, and then the last little point about that one is it was never meant to be a single. It was mm-hmm. a B-side. And a DJ in Ohio liked it, played it, and people loved it. And so it, like, started to spread there in Ohio, and then eventually it overflowed and became huge everywhere. And so, again, local DJs, man, that was that was <laughs> your in this time. Like, it could really, really do it for you. Yeah, cool. Sarah's Smile was definitely, like, the beginning of a series of just... I'm going to say fortunate events for them because you know that series of unfortunate events. This was like just a series of hit after hit after hit. And like they were especially and we'll get into Sarah um, and her sister Jana and how influential Mm -hmm. and helpful they were and all of that because they really I don't think that Holla Notes would be where they are today without those sisters. Oh, absolutely not. Okay, so this song, I I did not know all of these tie-ins. And I had no idea. It's creepy. Like, yeah. I think, who was it? Um, I'm trying to remember. Was it Guns N' Roses? Yeah, it was Guns N' Roses who had the Marilyn Manson tie-in and then the... Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? Charlie... Who was it? Who were we talking about? Charlie Manson? Charlie Manson? Char- Charles Manson. Yeah. Charles Manson. Yeah, because he had that yeah. song. <laughs> there it is, yes. I was like, why can't I think of the killer's name? Yeah. Okay, so Rich Girl, it is not about a killer. Sorry, I shouldn't know. No, but we that. are going to talk so, about the killers. Yes, it is going to talk about <laughs> serial killers. And so this became killer. their first. What? Oh, yes. Brandon, Brandon yes. Flowers. I know. I, it was a stretch, right, but so... it's going to work. You'll see. You'll see. Just hang tight. All right. So listen up. <laughs> Rich Girl becomes their first number one hit, and it's. Easily their most well-known song off their fifth album, Bigger Than the Both of Us. Mm-hmm. And it's in part writ- inspired, written about a couple of different people. Um, supposedly written in part about Patty Hearst, who was like the, you know, the one who she was, was abducted, the heir to all the Hearst fortune and all that abducted. And yeah, there, like there's a crazy story there also. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also said to be about Sarah Allen's ex-boyfriend, so the woman we just talked about in Sarah Smile, uh, Victor Walker, who was supposedly like a spoiled heir to a fast food chain, um, who Daryl Hall met and felt that he was like out of his mind and he didn't have to worry about like anything or any consequences because the, the guy knew that his rich dad would get him out of like any problems with his money, which mm-hmm. is not um, surprising to hear, surprising behavior. You hear about that with like right. in so many different instances. Um, and he originally wrote the chorus as rich guy, but he changed it from he to she just to because it sounded better <laughs> yeah it, it yeah kind of worked better in yeah that's sense. the that's the part that I heard I think it was an interview with John Oates and he was saying that uh they were asking him so what's rich girl about and he was like um it's about a a guy that he was a a rich guy and he just made a lot of bad choices with his money and so it, yeah. it was in reference to this and uh, but because rich guy didn't sound as good as rich girl, which yeah, yeah, and yeah, especially from a male point of view to be singing it, I'm sure right. it's a little different. Right. Um, okay, so this is where it gets weird. Um, yeah. Okay, I had no idea about all this. So the serial killer David Berkowitz, who's also known as Son of Sam, mm-hmm. um, claimed in an interview that this song was his motivation for the Son of Sam murders. But this is. It, gets a little tricky later that's disputed because chronologically it doesn't align since the murders 
it's according to somewhere before the release of the song or but I don't I looked at the dates and the song on the album bigger than the both of us which was released in March 76 um, but this particular song wasn't released as a single until February 77 mm-hmm. but the murders began in July 76 so if people are listening to the full album mm-hmm. it's out by the yeah. time the murders are happening but it's not a single until months later after the murder so so it's I mean, still very possible that that... It's possible. Like, if the guy's listening to the whole album, then mm-hmm. he would have heard it. It's Some people, I mean, we know, don't right. just listen to the radio singles. Right. So it's been disputed, but, um, I mean, I guess we'll never Quite really possible. Know. Yeah, so Daryl Hall and John Oates heard this, and they, you know, freaked out because Son of Sam was like, oh, I would get myself, like, worked up in preparation to go commit these, like, terrible crimes, murders. Mm-hmm. And so... They wrote a song, a different song on a different album, um, which is another huge um, yeah. album called Diddy Doo-Wop, Hear the Voices. And it refers to this story as well as like other grisly murders that happened around this time. So um, I'm going to quote Daryl Hall here. Okay. okay. So Daryl Hall says, Son of Sam mentioned Rich Girl as an influence on him. He got his rage up thinking about that song when he was killing people. I was at John's apartment and the Daily News had a story about a subway axe murderer or a subway slasher. I said, let's write a song about a slasher or axe murderer who keeps hearing these voices in his head. Whenever he hears these doo-wop voices in his head, it makes him kill people just like Rich Girl did. So that's what we wrote about, end quote. And so here's a part of the quotes from that song. It says, Charlie liked the Beatles, which we know is a reference to uh, Charlie Manson. And Sam, he liked the rich girl, bitch girl. So Sam... As in Son of Sam. Right. Um, but I'm still hung up with the Duke of Earl reaching for the handle. I'm slicing through the air. Ooh, the doo-wop voices everywhere and the voices singing. And it just like, it's another one of the, it sounds like a kind of happy song if you're not paying attention at all to what you're singing. Right, right. It's well, crazy. Um, and it's, but the song it's oh, the doo-wop song, yeah, is about that. I was like, the song Rich Girl itself is not uh, yeah. like what you would think a serial murderer serial killer would get hyped up with like yeah i wouldn't assume rich girl i would assume like rah, 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 you know like yeah crazy scary music. I, I mean i guess yeah who knows what he was thinking because i'm sure a lot of these people are not in their uh, you know, right. right minds right but also no, I'm like kind of glad we can't know, maybe, understand that part of it yeah, maybe just getting riled up about like spoiled people or you know what I mean like I don't know maybe taking it somewhere I'm, too I'm not or even too, sure I don't know we'll but, leave that to um, the the uh hosts of the serial killer podcasts <laughs> to figure <yeah>. out <laughs> um so no something Crime else junkie. yeah this is a an inter- interesting transition because the lead singer of the band the killers <laughs> has a tie-in to the song Rich Girl. So it's just interesting that that's their name. So there's a band called The Killers. Brandon Flowers is the lead singer. And he was quoted in a magazine article saying that everything you need to know about writing a hit song, it's in Rich Girl. And so he was basically just saying that Rich Girl is like a quintessential, like, yeah, pop song. And there's really, like, it's flawless. <laughs> And I just thought that was interesting, too, um, because of the killers and then the the actual 
murderer killers <laughs> tie-in. But uh, yeah, that was just a, an interesting thing about that that particular song. Because again, it's it's a good song, and I I like it. But at the same time, I I wouldn't think that it was like as influential as it was. Right. But apparently, I mean, you and I don't really know anything about writing music or any of that, so very well could be the perfect pop yeah, song. Yeah, I've heard for, like, certain, I mean, obviously just to an extent, but, like, that a different genre of music, like pop music, has, like, mm-hmm. almost like a special little formula that it needs to right. follow, and, like, they, I guess, did it to a T. To the T, yeah. Yeah, and I guess had enough of their own you know, influence our own spin on mm-hmm. it to make it like a Hall and Oates song, pop song, not just right. some generic pop song, right. which is really cool. Um, let's see. All right. So this brings us to their next album, Voices, which we just kind of transitioned talking about with that Diddy Doo-Wop song. Mm-hmm. And this album had huge, huge hits for them. And most of them you're going to recognize. And yes. the funny thing is that they told their producers that if this album wasn't a hit, they're probably going to stop. And like, this would mm-hmm. be the end for them. And good thing they at least gave themselves one more album to try it out because massive songs like um, Kiss on My List, You've mm-hmm. Lost That Love and Feeling, You Make My Dreams Come True, or You Make My Dreams, and Every Time You Go Away. And so those songs were all massive and super yeah. well-known today. But one of them is actually a cover, which I'm sure a lot of people do know, and I know you especially do because <laughs> you adore this band. Yes, I love the Righteous Brothers. They're the ones who um, originally sang You've Lost That Love and Feel In. And I'm not actually 100% sure that they're even the writers of that song. Mm. Do you know if they are? You know what? I'll look it up right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I know it was by them. They made it famous. Um, I'm not sure if they actually wrote the song or not, but... Those two, let's see. Mm. Songwriters. So by Phil Spector, Barry Mann, and Cynthia Whale. Wow. So that was not the Righteous Brothers who wrote it. Um, Phil Spector is super familiar. Yeah, Phil Spector is the guy who, uh, there was like a whole documentary about him. Right? He, like, killed yeah. a woman. I never watched the documentary, but... I was like, why does um, that name sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> and then, like, at the end, he's like, I killed her or something in the bathroom. Yikes. Wasn't that I've it? I've seen that. I don't know. I don't know. But that name is still super familiar. But anyway, so this I still is a... like the song. <laughs> yeah. Great song, though. Great song. Um, and it actually recently got popular again because, well, one... Yes, it's a There's cover. so many ties Brothers. to killers in the Hall and Oates. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but the Top Gun movie, the Mav- or Maverick, oh, yeah. that just came out this summer, that's kind of in one of the flashbacks is when, like, Goose and Maverick and, the, you know, the bar are singing the song. And I think oh, they're yeah. singing the Righteous Brothers song. But right. I'm sure a lot of people just look up, like, you've lost that love and feeling, and both versions come we'll out. Come so, across. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's they're just singing, like, karaoke, but... Um, I, I do always think of that one from the original one is like they're sitting around the piano and like just having so much fun. And that just sounds also like a dream. I mean, I realize it ends badly for that guy, but it just sounds (laughs) like, like, yeah, like a, like a dream, like how fun to be able to sing and play piano. You're just out drinking with your friends. And it sounds like, I mean, obviously they weren't going for like 
wonderful sounding voices, but they, they sound good. It just seems like a fun time, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I like that feeling that it, that scene gives me. That loving feeling? That loving feeling. <laughs> yeah. Brings it back. Well, what I liked about this one is it, uh, it's one of the few popular songs in which uh, John Oates co-lead sings vocals. So mm-hmm. there's not, I mean, there's tons of songs that he sings and there's like 40 plus of their songs that he sings lead um but not many of those are like the top hitters Mm -hmm. but this one he co-sings and it's obviously a massive hit yeah and speaking of covers so i think i'm I'm, i hope i mentioned the song i meant to um the song every time you go away which again a lot of people are going to know the version you know probably if you only know like the popular ones um is not going to be the Hall & Oates version. It's their song from this album, Every Time We Go Away, was re-released as a cover by a British artist named Paul Young, and that became a number one hit for him. It wasn't as big of a hit for Daryl Hall and John Oates, but it is still their song, so it, yeah. it was on this album. So still counts. It counts. I wonder what they think of that, like when somebody releases it and it like makes it more popular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah They're that's like, oh. Yeah. Um, well, also Kiss on My List, and mm-hmm. everybody knows this song, um, but for a very long time, I sang Kiss on My Lips, because I yeah, thought that's too. what it was, Yeah, because <laughs> Kiss on My List didn't make sense, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense now, but that was the first song that Daryl Hall wrote with Sarah Allen's sister, so his girlfriend's sister, Jana, came to hang out with them and she also happened to be very talented at writing music and playing guitar and so she co-wrote um kiss on my list along with a few others that we'll talk about in a minute and um she was sarah's younger sister i believe um but and she was a huge influence and and help with uh daryl hall and john oates and she actually, so Sarah is still alive and well, but um, her sister Jana in 1993, she passed away from leukemia and she was only 36 at the time, yeah. um, which was a huge blow to all three of them. And I was wondering if that had any correlation to like the end of Daryl Hall and Sarah Allen's relationship. I want to say in Behind the Music, it alluded to it in that way, but I think they were together still for several years. So I think they were together until like 2001, and that was in 93. But in in the Behind the Music interview, they're like, well, you know, some people equated it to losing a child or something, and like some marriages can't recover or some relationships can't recover. And then it's like, we never, yeah. Yeah, they were like a very tight-knit foursome, and... It just, I can't imagine, it would be like losing part of that would just be devastating in its own, but also mm-hmm. losing a collaborator like that and somebody who you who you looked up to, I'm assuming they did, and like somebody who was a, a creative, an equal creative, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would be hard in its own way, other than like losing a family member obviously is devastating, but also losing that creative collaborator is devastating in its own way because mm-hmm. it's also 
not only emotionally, personally devastating, but also like, you know, that's their, that's their life. This is what they do. And now mm-hmm. this big piece is missing. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine that that was a, a huge blow for all of them and, mm-hmm. you know, life changing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the weird thing about this song is it sounds like it's like a, it's, it sounds like a sweet song, a romantic song. Cause it's mm-hmm. like your kiss is on the list of the best things in life. Um, but according to Darrell Hall, I'm going to quote mm-hmm. him. He says, your kiss is on my list of the best things in life means that the kiss is simply another item on the guy's list and certainly not the best thing. Um, everyone thinks it's I love you and without you I would die, but it's exactly the opposite of that. And in one of the interviews, he calls it like an anti-love song. He's like, well, I mean, you're up there, but. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny because I was like, what? I would I would not have gotten that from like, you know, hearing the song, looking at the lyrics and all that. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. But the version we hear, like the, the popular version, is um, was actually just supposed to be the demo for Jana, um, mm-hmm. but the label really liked the sound of it, so they kept it, and it was their hit, and do, do, it was good because it was the number one. Do, do, um, and then also another mm-hmm. hit from this same album is one that you and I both know and love is the You Make My Dreams Come True. Yes. And, yeah, you can go. So that one is uh, special to me in a separate way, but it's uh, it was the exit song for uh, mm-hmm. our wedding. Craig and I we chose that song, and I was actually really proud because, as y'all know, listeners, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that my husband Craig is not super into classic rock or '80s like I am and Victoria's, but um, he is actually the one that suggested. You should have married me. when you had the chance we were roommates for four years Um, yeah so no so um yeah craig actually suggested that song i was coming up with like all these um like kind of random songs i was just trying to find something that we would both really like and so when he suggested that one i was like yes Yes, that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like immediately on board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, so I was really happy with that. And now every time I hear it, it's just a very upbeat, happy song. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of people think of 500 Days of Summer yeah. when they hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, wasn't that like what it, he loved that movie or something you said? I thought that's um, part of why... Yeah, it has I think like that musical number in it. Yeah, he he'd seen that movie and I I think he liked it and so he was like because it, it's like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he's doing like this dance to mm-hmm. the the song and um, he's very happy. Go watch yeah. the movie, you'll see it. <laughs> I feel but, like we um, brought up our wedding songs a few times already. Like, oh, at my wedding, I played this song. This is because cause... we played really good music at our I weddings. Know. No, I'm saying it's a cool thing. Like, look <laughs> at us having like a. I know. Great track list. So we're oh. going to do a bonus episode all about our weddings. And all- <laughs> <laughs> funny. I'm sure y'all would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I no, will, my, that- you know what? Mine is an old one. Mine's what uh, was yours? from Greece. You're the one that I want. Oh. <gasps> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's. Oh, yeah. And uh, Olivia yeah. Newton-John just passed away. Oh, yeah. Re- recently. Within the yes. past couple months, right? So. Yeah. 
Womp womp. I'm a downer. I know. I'm sorry. And that (laughs) ends our podcast. Thank you for listening. (laughs) On their 11th studio album, which was titled H2O, was one of their most identifiable songs. If you haven't heard it, you've been hiding, living under a rock probably, because the song is Maneater, and everybody knows this song. My kids sing this song all the time, and... The idea came to John Oates when he was in a bar one night and this beautiful woman walked into the bar and he said she just had the most foul like sailor mouth on her and she was just saying like the worst things and it made him start thinking of like he was like oh she would just like chew you up and spit you out Mm -hmm. and then he took that to Daryl Hall and they started collaborating on it. And they wrote the song Maneater, but it's not actually about a woman at all. It's about New York City in the 80s and how New York City just, like, takes you, chews you up, and spits you out, and you better watch out. (laughs) And it's personified as a woman because, obviously, that's more relatable. And if you watch the music video, you can see that. And it's like, talks about her being, um, what is it, like a jaguar or something? And there's, like, a a jaguar in the... I don't know if it's a jaguar. It's a large cat Um, in the the music video. And it's, like, supposed to be the woman. Yeah. The woman as well. She's a cat tamed by the prey of a jaguar. Yeah. Yeah. Money's a metal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Such a good song. You you know what would be cool? What's up? um so talking about New York, like, how you just mentioned, and how Mm. this one's, like, oh, it's going to be, like, you know, chew you up, spit you out kind of vibe, like very, Yeah, you have to be able to withstand the New York lifestyle. And it would be really cool to do a bonus episode on like just different songs about New York because we're about to be going in a few weeks. So it'd be cool. Mm, Like like, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Like have a little playlist of what are like New York City songs. And then next year we can go to LA. But and based on that. these songs, <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle, You're Gonna Die, and She's Gonna <laughs> Chew You Up and Spit You Out. I don't know if we should go to New York. But, you know, I just think it's uh, sweater weather, and we're gonna be going to the weather. beginning of the fall. And oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know. Let's just romanticize it, maybe. <laughs> I'm super excited to go. I've never been to New York, and I'm just oh, really excited mm-hmm. to see the lights and the sounds and all of it. I just want to take it all yeah. in. Yeah, she's going to come back a different person. Oh, totally. (laughs) Also, your niece, Michaela, has a roommate with, like, a super, super cute dog, right? Oh, yeah. And Uh I might kidnap the dog. Super cute. Yeah, when I... Dog nap that little puppy. But when I was over there in the summer, I was, like, sending, like, thirst trap dog videos. (laughs) I was like, look at this dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's still... It was... That was the perfect perfect way to explain that yes i was like oh my gosh i'm bringing an extra duffel bag don't ask me why my my luggage is moving when we're leaving (laughs) uh, that dog is so cute so yeah all right so two we are on our deep cut tracks now and my choice it was kind of hard because there was a few songs that i was debating but then i was like no i'm gonna go with this one so camellia which is the first track on their um silver album or the self-titled album because Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you know exactly why i chose it yes but it it's not spelled the same and doesn't even exactly sound the same but uh it i was enjoying it because it sounds like they're saying my daughter's name camilla so 
I was like singing it to her and so we played it a few times now and she's like put on the song and it's not great lyrics for like I mean it's not awful it's nothing like super <laughs> terrible but it's not like oh I want to dedicate this song to my daughter or you know yeah. anything like that so because <laughs> let, let me read a, a snippet it's I mean again it's it's not awful but it's just like mm-hmm. a guy's like depressed at the, at the table He's drinking down the pain. All he could say was this lady's name, oh, Camelia, won't you take me away? And it's just like, uh, you know, not eh, exactly going to be exciting for my daughter to be like, oh, this song is me or anything. But I yeah. just had to because it sounds like her name. So I liked it. Yeah. And that one was another one that was written and sung by John Oates. Yes. Um, so that's noteworthy. My choice is also one that was written by John Oates, and I believe he's actually the one that's singing most of it as well. Um, mine is on the whole Oates album, and it's the song Thank You For, and it's like ellipses, so dot, 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 thank you for, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. And it's a very, it's one of their earlier albums. I think it was like their second album, and so it's it's one of the ones that's like very folksy sounding and just kind mm-hmm. of like acoustic guitar and it's um you listen to it but I just love that it's one of the ones like do you know whenever you start singing it like did you ever do that where it's like row 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 your boat and then somebody else oh, would then join you can in begin row, after row. yeah yeah and so that's kind of what this song so he starts singing and then the mm-hmm. other part comes in and they start harmonizing and it was just really pretty and almost like ethereal sounding um so that's why I chose that one and it just makes me think and follow me here we were just <laughs> talking about fall in New York City but it makes me think mm-hmm. of like walking in the fall and with like leaves but like 1970s version of that so I like it I got yeah and I got kind of like a love story vibe from this song like just like long hair there's like some plaid going on (laughs) leaves are falling and it's nice and cool outside and you're walking to this song this is like the that's what I picture you know how we talked about like what you picture in your head when you're listening to songs that's what's Uh in my head when I listen to the song and it's so pretty so yeah that's that is my deep cut yeah Let's make a New York so, City playlist just for me and you. And for me and Lane, Lane too, if she likes it. Lane, um, yeah, Lane too. Just like so we can all separately have our you know, headphones on and walking in Central Park. And just Yeah, we'll sync just them all kidding. up. It'll be like a silent disco yeah. just for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, going into some fun facts about the band, there's quite a bit about um, Daryl Hall and John Oates. And as we talked about earlier, they – were collaborative with Sarah and Janet Allen, the Allen sisters. And just to kind of show you guys like what kind of influence Sarah and Janet had and what they helped do, they helped co-write, like we said, many of their best charting songs. But that includes four, so the majority, (laughs) four of their six number one hits which was Kiss on My List, Private Eyes, Man Eater, and I Can't Go For That. No can yeah. So that is, if that doesn't tell you like how influential they were and how, you know, just Daryl Hall and John Oates wouldn't be Hall and Oates without Sarah and Janet Allen. And they got all mm-hmm. the credit as well. So it's not like they were just 
like using them at all like they're all credited and stuff and Mm -hmm. they they always wanted to be behind the scenes they didn't want to because I think they had a chance to like you know do their own things but they didn't want to they wanted to um they liked the writing part of it and they Mm -hmm. liked you know knowing that their songs were were being sung by Daryl and and John Mm -hmm. um and speaking of number ones Daryl Hall and John Oates are the number one selling duo which (laughs) Daryl hates being classified as that and we talked about that a little in the beginning and it's because inevitably it reduces people reduce them to being compared against each other uh like the tall one the short one the singer and there's the one that's not the singer the one with mustache (laughs) and yeah and so they they never wanted to be a duo per se they just again they were very set in their way and they say it in multiple interviews like we are two we've always thought of ourselves as two separate artists who collaborate together and make music and like john was he said like i i could go off and do my own thing and daryl hall would never say like no you can't do that and he could go off and do his own thing and i never said no you can't do that and so they just collaborated well under Daryl Hall and John mm-hmm. Oates. And sometimes there wasn't even an ampersand. It was just Daryl Hall, John Oates. Yeah. I feel like their names yeah. just like go so well together though. Like Hall and Oates sounds like so easy to say or because I'm thinking of another I like so okay, too. so on our last episode when we talked about Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, like no one's calling mm-hmm. them Plant and Krauss. Like Plant and Krauss. Flow right. Same, you know, Krauss and, and there's others. But Hall and Oates just sounds like I don't know. It's probably just so, been in our head so long. So Yeah, a couple of things about that. So their second, I believe it was their second album, Whole Oats. Uh-huh. I think they tried to like make that their official name for a little bit. Um, or that was like in consideration for like to be the name as a play mm-hmm. on like Hall Oats, yeah. um, which I thought was actually pretty clever. Yeah. <laughs> Whole Oats. It worked. Um, and then also there is a, I think it's a granola bar uh, company that these guys, uh, Daryl and John actually sued oh, yeah. because yeah, they had one of their bars was called Holland Oats, like H-A-U-L apostrophe or in apostrophe, like mm-hmm. Holland, like hauling mm-hmm. away yeah. oats. And which again, I thought was very clever. Yeah, I like when brands <laughs> and, do that. Yeah, I didn't realize that that wasn't really allowed. I thought that was if you did a play on it, it was okay. Yeah, it seems like a little like the um, nod nod reference. Is it Ben and Jerry's that has the Cherry Garcia? Oh yeah, like Grateful Dead. Yeah, they have Mm -hmm. a flavor called Cherry Garcia, (laughs) and I, I mean, I know he's not around anymore, but it seems like maybe they would have gotten in trouble for that one. That's pretty blatant Mm -hmm. too. But um, yeah, just interesting so um like we were talking about earlier you make my dreams and come true uh in 2020 it reached one billion streams yeah one billion (laughs) streams especially for a song so old yeah like it's 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 crazy but that's something that you that i saw and i'm sure you saw this too is that um Daryl Hall, I'm just going to call him Hall and Oates because it's so much easier. But 
Hollow Notes, they kind of have like the cyclical thing where they're like super popular and then it kind of mm-hmm. dies down and then they get picked back up and they get super popular again and then it kind of dies. And they're, they'll say, like, I watched them in interviews and they're like, we've always been cool. It just took some people some time to catch on. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Funny. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other song we talked about earlier, uh, I can't go for that one of the other huge hits. Um, it's been sampled a lot in rap music, which I was surprised mm-hmm. to hear. I guess I shouldn't be because, you know, especially I know rap music does sample a lot of, um, yeah, songs. well, like a lot of music Billy does. Squire too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, including Notorious B.I.G., which I thought was a, a huge one to be mm-hmm. sampled. Oh, yeah. Um, and then something kind of funny, this isn't, I guess, necessarily related to that, but, um, no, it is related. It's mm-hmm. a thousand percent related. Um, that during the recording of We Are the World, uh, when Daryl Hall and John Oates were there, Michael Jackson reportedly told Daryl Hall that he was using the song's bass line in Billie Jean, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's a funny way of saying it. It's like, oh, I really like it, so I'm going to use that too. And I mean, obviously, I don't know how it went down, but that and was just that one like, is mine. <laughs> uh, apparently, that's part of how that happened. But, yeah. yeah. And then another interesting thing that was just like completely random (laughs) and I really did a deep dive on this and didn't come up with too too much but in 2009 um you know funny or die like they Mm -hmm. I don't if it's just like a website or a a channel I think it's just a website um but they have like all these uh like skits and sketches and kind of like improv stuff too but funny or die released a trailer for our cartoon called J stash so like s-t-a-c-h-e J stash in which okay hang on john oates fights crime with his iconic mustache and the mustache has its own like personality and it's like a super raunchy character that's voiced by comedian david tell and so john oates voices his own character and the trailer is like that that's the only thing i could find was a trailer i don't think they actually ever made this series <laughs> but in the trailer it's like john oates is sitting in a chair facing a fire and then there's another chair with its back to the fire so it's like backlit so you can't see like who's in the chair mm-hmm. and he's having this conversation and the other voice is saying like you know that was my idea and i made you what you are and da da and so everybody is supposed to think that that's Daryl Hall and then the light hits it and it's like his mustache (laughs) (laughs) it's just so random and weird and then like they're fighting crime and I don't know I it's a shame it was never made (laughs) but uh yeah that was 2009 so not too terribly long ago but I guess it's just it was like an attempt to stay relevant I'm not really sure what the the thinking I mean, was behind that <laughs> i don't know i feel like those things kind of always come out of the blue yeah so uh around that same time well i guess like five years later is when uh daryl hall and john oates were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and they are one of they're not the only but they are one of the only caucasian caucasian artists to ever top billboards r&b singles chart mm-hmm. yeah and so, i did and see I, in don't I they call it like blue-eyed soul or something 
like when when they're caucasian and yeah i think it's called blue eyed soul yeah i don't think i've heard that if it makes sense um i know i can't remember if it was behind the music or a different interview i saw where they were like man daryl hall really had such a perfect voice for that sound like he really Mm -hmm. it's a good thing he liked it so much because it (laughs) worked out really well for him or like the art sound or soul sound so um yeah okay so that brings us to the where are they now portion. And like we mentioned, that they are both still alive. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Happy to hear it. We're excited um, about that. Yeah. So how you mentioned earlier, like they come in waves of like being popular. Not that they're not unpopular mm-hmm. or like anything, but it just, no. you know, waves. So one thing that kind of helped them ride this wave is Daryl Hall has like a web series slash TV show called Live from Daryl's House. And it is huge, a huge, and I watched a few and they were really, really cool. Um, Yeah, the production value goes like way up from the very first one. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't remember what, let me think. I saw Fall Out Boy, I saw Smokey Robinson, and I saw, oh, who was the other one? It was a rapper. Oh gosh, I don't remember his name. Or like... Was it the? I was like, wow. What is that guy's name from the Roots? Uh, the drummer. Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Questlove. Yeah, I didn't see that yeah. one, but I saw his name listed as like okay. somebody that went there, uh, or like. I think he's the one that actually, um, like, introduced them and like inducted them into the Hall of Fame. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. That's cool. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. That guy's really cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. I just I see him on like all these different little places i'm always surprised like corners of the internet and i'm like oh cool he seems yeah. interesting um but yeah so with the what they they do is they bring like all these different kinds of artists and they perform their songs there yeah. like the artist songs and then they'll the, play some of uh, their own of songs, Daryl's yeah. songs yeah yeah so yeah i'm not being very clear that yeah the guest artist plays with daryl hall some of the guest artist songs, and then yes. they play some of Hall & Oates songs. Um, so Fall Out Boy, they played Sugar, We're Going Down, and with Smokey Robinson, they played, uh, I can't even, yeah. You're so good at that. Yeah, I love that I, I stand song. really so, far back. <laughs> oh, well, I just am like, oh, wow, that's really, really cool to yeah. be able to hear it in that way. Um, and I, I love different takes on songs, and oh yeah, that's really cool. Um, so he also has a place, I'm sure based off the success of that, called Daryl's House, which is a restaurant and music club in New York, in Pauling, New York. <laughs> I don't know Pauling. exactly who that is. Um, he has released five solo albums, and mm-hmm. he was actually diagnosed with Lyme disease, which is from a tick bite. Which yeah. Means, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, that's like an autoimmune disorder. Mm-hmm. It causes um, a lot of different things, I think. It's really hard. It's one of those ones. It's kind of like uh, the invisible sickness type thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of like celebrities who have had had oh, it, and like, I don't know. Doesn't Justin? Isn't that what Justin? I didn't mean to laugh, but just oh, Justin person, Bieber. Justin Bieber, I think, has it. I think. Um, so possibly, they, I, I know something went on. I don't know. I don't know. One Justin of the Bieber's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Yolanda. I don't know if she's still going going by um, Hadi- oh, Yolanda Hadid. Foster. But yeah, right? well, yeah, Gigi Hadid's oh, um, yeah. mom and Bella, yeah, their mom has Lyme That's disease, right. and it was like a big storyline, uh, mm, like her last okay. season on, on the, the show, and so mm. it was 
kind of sad to see because it really does like knock you out and mm-hmm. it's a lot of people unfortunately don't don't think it's a real thing or they don't think it's as bad and they think you're just like that serious playing it up yeah and so it's just like one of those things where you're like you don't know until you've experienced it and then you're like yeah I get it and yeah hopefully we'll never find that out but just give each other grace people (laughs) yeah be nice yeah so John Oates is like we said, still alive and kicking, so good for him. <laughs> um, he, John. yeah. So he has recorded seven solo albums since 1999, and he even wrote a book. He published a book in 2017. It's like a 400-page memoir called "Change of Seasons," which "Change of Season" was one of their uh, albums, mm. um, and that one has change of season that album has a song that i really like it's a cover um that that daryl hall and john oates did and it's uh starting all over again and Mm -hmm. it's like starting all over again gonna be hard you would yeah well you would recognize it i think if you listen to it and i went back and listened to the original and i think uh, i want to say it's like by mel and tim or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But man, it's both versions are really, really good. Um, but I, I had to listen to that one like over and over because it was really good. Um, and then I just saw this and I thought, I think you and I might have like sent this to each other. And I oh, thought it was so yeah. funny. So on TikTok, there's a, we'll put the, the link in the show notes, but there's a TikTok that John Oates made and it's one of like the point of view ones. And it's the one, I think it's where, like, they have, like, Siri's voice doing it. Mm -hmm. And so it says, like, Pav, instead of point of view. Uh, Pav, John Oates of Holland Oats, eating oats, wondering why oat companies have never reached out. And it's just, like, him in his kitchen eating cereal with oats. (laughs) Oh, they're probably oats. (laughs) Yeah, eating oats. Um, It just makes me think of cereal. Um, so I, that's really funny. So you'll have to watch the TikTok on that, um, again, in the links in the show notes. So, but you wonder why, why have they never reached out? Maybe they will. Great opportunity. Missed. Yeah. So they are currently touring and they have some upcoming shows. So if you're wanting to go see Daryl Hall and John Oates, you just have to go to New Jersey, Connecticut, and Nevada. Because that is where they're playing in October. And they have said that they are definitely not making... Well, they're definitely both making new music, just not with each other. They're not Mm -hmm. collaborating together anymore. And they didn't really go into detail on that. But to me, what I heard (laughs) is when you you go see them on tour you're going to hear the good stuff because they're not making any more music. So, of course, mm-hmm. they're going to play all the good hits, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're guaranteed to hear the classics. So if you want to, if you're in the area or you're just a super big fan, they are playing some shows here in October. So go check it out. Mm-hmm. And so our next part, our last part, is our one-hit wonder. And <laughs> you know I like to make ties. So I found a tie. So the yes. song is by an R&B duo 
who were raised in Philadelphia, also not born in Philadelphia, but raised in Philadelphia, named McFadden and Whitehead. And they have a song song. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> not a great name. Yeah. Not as um, good as Hall and Oates, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't name wise flow as well. But um the song is Ain't No Stopping Us Now, which you know I know you Ain't know. No Stopping Us Now. Yes. Um, so that song was released in 1979 off their debut album. It reached number one on the R&B charts. And some people, uh, also, it's from, like I said, from Philadelphia, some mm-hmm. people kind of raised it up also as like a version of like a black anthem at some point um, mm-hmm. because they interpreted or some people interpreted it to be as like the experience of the black community because of like, I want part of the lyrics saying like the things that held us down or like not anymore, like nothing's stopping us. Like we got this kind of vibes and mm-hmm. very like positive now. Um, so I th- that probably helped propel it and its popularity. Um, it has been covered by Luther Vandross. And then again, which I heard the Luther Vandross version and I liked it, mm-hmm. but I forgot to look at the next one with Luther Vandross and the Spice Girls. So I'll, I'll put a link to that one in our show notes. Cause that one seems like I an think- interesting mix. I think I always called him Luther Vandross. I always oh. said Vandross. <laughs> I want to say so I've been saying it. I don't know. <laughs> I've probably, I, I have a, a knack for saying things wrong, <laughs> pronouncing no. things incorrectly. So uh, I'm going to say that you're probably right. Um, mm. But yeah, I always thought it was Luther Vandross. Oh, but, I don't know. Uh, not that it, it matters in this context. Sorry. <laughs> Just, it's fine. I saw it. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> so, no. Um, yeah, sorry. I just cut you, cut you no, off there. No, it's fine. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of our Hall and Oates episode. And I feel yes. like that was really cool. They didn't have a whole lot of drama as far as, like, no. you know, fighting. Or, I mean, I'm sure they partied, but it wasn't like those were their main stories of like how hard right. they partied or the right. destruction they caused. But like some interesting facts about like, behind the songs which like i mm-hmm. said before is like my favorite part yeah that's like, your favorite like especially rich girl now i'm never gonna hear Who that song the same. just be like oh my god don't get fired I up know. Victoria. don't get fired up Victoria. <laughs> there's a a documentary on the son of sam i believe and so i'm gonna have to go back and watch that oh, okay. uh, i wonder if it has any information oh. on it because he's the one yeah he heard like voices in mm-hmm. his head but yeah. then it turns out and you'll have to go listen to a, a podcast yeah. like morbid or something um or my favorite murder to get all the details but from what i know about that one is that he uh then like uh, redacted what he had originally said and he was like oh i made it all up like i never actually heard like the neighbor's dog right like the neighbor's yeah like he was saying that like satan took him over yeah exactly and then he's like no i just made that all up and i just like wanted to kill people yeah so uh, I think that's, that's what I remember, part of but where I, that rich girl story gets discredited as like, nah, he's lying about everything. He's, but I mean, yeah, it could be. Who knows? Uh, so, all right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No. Just <laughs> listen to our season oh. one if you haven't already listened. We've got mm-hmm. some really, really good bands in season one. Coming up in season two, we've got some awesome bands, so we've got a really, really good lineup. Um, If you didn't see, this is big for us, and I was so excited. I was literally like on the verge watching this little ticker go, 
And we recently surpassed 1,000 downloads. So, that's huge. I'm so excited. So, 1,000 downloads and going and counting. And so, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for downloading us. Um, Please continue, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And you... Yeah, rate us. You can leave a comment or a a review. You can leave hopefully five stars. (laughs) Um, You know, be nice. Be nice. I think we are so far. I think we have like eleven reviews or something, but I think they're all five or all five stars. I'm pretty sure. Thanks, guys. So yeah, Yeah, let us know. Our next band is ZZ Top, so definitely going to be a good one to listen to. And if you listen to the earlier podcast, you might remember us talking about me wanting to name the podcast ZZ Tapas, which I still stand by. I would love that if we were like together or like lived in the same city. No, if we lived in the same city and we're like recording, like picking up tapas from like different places every time. I'm like, that would be That could be a thing. Oh man, that would be awesome. You just need to move up here and that would be great. No. Problem solved. here. (laughs) no uh yeah i'm really really excited to talk about zz top uh they have just i mean i'm excited about every episode but i truly am excited to Mm -hmm. uh to talk about that one and they have a really good story and they're from texas so it's exciting yeah okay So. so until next time thanks for hanging out and rock out and ramble on